0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jabbar Muhammad, one of the best players remaining in the transfer portal, just wrapped up a visit to the University of Texas. If he were to commit to the University of Texas, would that give the Longhorns one of the best transfer classes in the country heading into the 2024 season? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit fanduel.com slash On. To get started. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we're discussing Jabbar Muhammad, one of the best players in the transfer portal, just recently wrapped up a visit to the University of Texas. Rodney Terry and the basketball team are reeling. They lost to UCF at home last night, 0 2 in conference play in the Moody Center thus far. And on top of the loss, Rodney Terry got a little bit in his feelings last night. The UCF players were throwing the horns down and he had a lot to say to the players and to the media after we discussed that. Plus, DeAndre Robinson has requested and received a release from his letter of national intent or national letter of intent from the University of Texas, likely headed to the University of Florida in his home state or LSU with Bo Davis. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show today. Um, Just wanted to get out some content, you know, talk about everything that's going on on the 40 Acres. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the ticker at the bottom of the screen. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel, but thank you for all of the support moving forward. And thank you for all of the support we have gotten up until this point. So I've said that, you know, over the last week, Steve Sarkeesian, arguably the hottest recruiter in the game, arguably the best recruiter in the game right now, especially with the retirement of Nick Saban. Right, We saw what he was able to do over the last 17 years uh, at Alabama, and he's done such a good job of aggressively attacking our needs in the transfer portal ahead of a huge season in 2024 for the Texas Longhorns. And Jabbar Muhammad is the next player that may end up at the 40 acres due to the aggressive recruiting of Steve Sarkeesian and staff. It's crazy. Uh, how much motion uh, one retirement or one coaching decision can put into play, right? Because since Nick Saban retired abruptly on January tenth, just eight days ago, we have seen a ton of movement all across the country in college football, and it's all been caused by Nick Saban, right? So Nick Saban decides to retire on the tenth, and then all of the M- all of, all of the Alabama players uh start to you know move forward in terms of entering the transfer portal or announcing their next destinations, right? Then we find out, I believe last Friday, that Kalen De is going to accept the Alabama job um, and leave the University of Washington. So now all of the Washington players that aren't weren't already six year seniors and 25 years old, they have to decide where they're going in terms of their next destination, right? Whether it's the NFL draft or the transfer portal. Then the head coach at Arizona replaces Kalen DeBoer at Washington. So now all of the players at Arizona have another window to enter the transfer portal. And then the head coach at San Jose State, right? Or San Diego State, I can't remember which one it is, but he takes over at Arizona. And then now all of his players, right, <laughs> have to make a decision on where they want to go for their next destination. So all of this movement Over the last week in college football has been caused by the decision of one man, albeit the GOAT, Nick Saban, to retire, which is crazy. And one of those dominoes that has fallen is Jabbar Muhammad, right? And Jabbar Muhammad, one of the best players in the transfer portal remaining, uh, one of the best players at the corner position in the portal, period will be deciding this week between the University of Texas, the University of Oregon and the University of Alabama. Right. I believe his Texas visit has wrapped up and then the Alabama visit will be next. And then he'll make a decision after that. Right. And I think to to, uh, Texas, one, I think Jabbar Muhammad is a huge need for the University of Texas. But two, I think that Texas has two things working for them um, that should put them in prime position to land. Jabbar Muhammad out of the transfer portal. I think the first thing is that Jabbar Muhammad is originally from the state of Texas. And even though in 2020, right, I'm not gonna say Oklahoma State was a better decision than the University of Texas. But even though he may have felt like the University of Texas wasn't the right decision in 2020, to help him develop and, you know, help achieve his goals of getting him to the next level. I don't think there's any argument that Texas is one of the best destinations to do that now. Right. Like when we talk about Andrew McCuba, you know, with Clemson, like in twenty twenty one, I can unquestionably say that Clemson was a better destination than the University of Texas in terms of winning at a high level and development in terms of going to the NFL draft. But heading into the twenty twenty four season, I wouldn't say that about Clemson now compared to the University of Texas. And that's why McCuba is back on the 40 acres. When we look at Kendrick Blackshire, obviously right in 2021 coming off a national championship, he made the right decision to go to the University of Alabama rather than staying in the state of Texas and going to the University of Texas. But now, moving forward, especially since half the roster has made the decision to dip once Kalen DeBoer got the job, you can make the argument that Texas is best equipped to get Kendrick Blackshire the development he needs and get him on the path to being in the National Football League next year. And when you look at it, at least compared to the University of Washington, he probably wouldn't stay anyway because Kalen DeBoer left. But even though Washington has beaten Texas over the last two seasons, I don't think there's really any argument to be made that Texas is in a better position moving forward than the University of Washington, and hopefully he feels the same way about the University of Oregon and the University of Alabama, right? And so now he has a chance to return to his home state, put on for his home state the flagship university in his home state, the University of Texas, but also get the benefit from it of being able to play at a high level in college, compete for championships, and get the development he needs to go to the next level and have a great career in the National Football League. Also, when we look at it, he is cousins, direct first cousins with Malik Muhammad, starting corner at the University of Texas. And I think the opportunity to play with his family member and start with his family member at the University of Texas and put on for their home state, you know, be coined Muhammad Island, right, I think would be a huge thing for uh, Jabbar Muhammad as well, right? When somebody asked him how close he was with first cousin Malik Muhammad, he said growing up. Malik would cry when he was not able to spend the night at Jabbar Muhammad's house right so that's real first cousin stuff that's real close family stuff and I think it would be an honor for them to share the field together at the University of Texas and both start at corner at a high level at the 40 acres you know there's a moniker in sports that says if you can't beat them, join them, right well I think in this case we have to flip it and say if you can't beat him recruit them, right because that's been the case with Jabbar Muhammad and he has made life hell for us over the last two seasons right when you look look at it in 2022 he was on Oklahoma State right into Stillwater had a double-digit lead the running game was working the defense was working B. and Roshan were making plays all over the field and it looked like we were on path to victory right but in the second half of that game we decided to spam the passing game and Quinn Ewers had one of the worst uh stat lines we've seen in college football over the last 20 years in terms of uh completions to attempts ratio right like i think only three quarterbacks over the last 20 years had 49 plus attempts and only completed 19 or less passes right Quinn Ewers is in that camp right and you know a lot of people will say oh well he had fingernail issues whatever that means a lot of people will say it was the wind even though you know spencer sanders threw in the same wind for 350 yards right I think, really, we just need to give credit to the players that were playing on the back end. And Jabbar Muhammad was one of those players, right? And you can make the argument that that game may have kept Texas out of the Big 12 championship. So Jabbar Muhammad's defense last year had a huge impact on this Texas football team when he played for Oklahoma State. Then he transfers to Washington this year. One of the best corners in the country, 26 pass deflections over the last three years. Right. So he's, you know, shows his ability to get his hands on the ball and make interceptions. And he's one of the biggest reasons they go undefeated, win the conference championship and, you know, make it to the national championship game. But all week leading up to the game, we heard that they really favored the matchup between Jabar Muhammad and Xavier Worthy. And as Texas fans we're like, OK, like, you just want to keep bu- putting bulletin board material out there like Xavier Worthy's going to smoke you. This passing offense is going to smoke you. We're going to the national championship, right? And I do not remember one time Xavier Worthy making a catch on Jabari Muhammad. I think Xavier Worthy only had one catch, period, that one deep catch down the field. And I do not think that was on Jabari Muhammad. So he definitely called his shot before the game and came into the Washington game and against Texas in the Sugar Bowl and dominated, right? So two straight years, we have played against Jabari Muhammad on the defensive side of the ball, we have lost those games and he has played two of the best games in his college career, right? So if you can't beat him, recruit him (laughs) and bring him to the University of Texas. And I think, you know, Malik Muhammad had a really strong freshman season and he should take that next step in year two in um, this defense, I think, you know, Jade Barron for the last couple of years has been one of the most underrated slot defenders, star defenders, nickel defenders, whatever you want to call them. And I think if he comes back and is healthy, I think he brings a lot of playmaking to this defense in the nickel or star position. But I think you do have potential question marks on the other side of the defense in terms of your other outside corner. I think Terrence Brooks is a very viable option, but we saw in, you know, the Washington game that you can kind of have your way with them. Um, Austin Jordan and Jalen Gilbo, not sure about the in terms of long term options, and you know Wardell, Max, Santana, Wilson, and Kobe Black are babies, right? <laughs> you know, they went behind the ears, you know, breast smelling like Similac, as Stephen A. Smith would say. So I think if you can bring in a player like Jabbar Muhammad, he could solidify that corner rotation, give you one of the best corner rotations in the country aggressively feel a huge need and make you that much closer or that much more of a definitive national championship threat in 2024 so if you can't beat him recruit him and <laughs> we need to make sure that Jabbar Muhammad ends up in the burnt orange or white representing his home state the University of Texas and the flagship university in the great state of Texas with the state across his chest and the family across his back a quick word from our sponsors and then we get into Ronnie Terry and this basketball team oh lord Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup with FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. Ronnie Terry, Ronnie Terry, Ronnie Terry. All right. If you watched the podcast last year, then you know I'm somewhat of a Ronnie Terry apologist. One of the best sports moments of my life was watching. This team, after everything they went through last year, you know, winning the Big 12 uh, tournament and then going to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament and possibly being, you know, one Dylan DeSue injury away from going to the national championship game or winning it. um, And, you know, that was just, like I said, one of the best sports moments for me. So I really connected with this team. I really connected with Rodney Terry. I watched this entire introductory press conference. I think that's the only coach I ever have done that for. Like I was in my fields, like the entire basketball season and after, right? Like Rodney Terry could do no wrong to me. And then, you know, I found out at some point throughout the off season that the basketball team, the University of Texas basketball team included me, an excerpt from my podcast in official Rodney Terry content, right? For the university. Uh, It was on their Instagram, on their Twitter, right? As well. And so I was like, oh, I definitely can't do no wrong. And now that I know they're listening, I can't criticize Rodney Terry ever, right? But Y'all know I'm going to keep it real and, and tell the truth and say what I have to say regardless. Um, you know, I think that Ronnie Terry clearly earned the job last year. Right. Like, I think based on what he did in lieu of Chris Beard, uh, you know, getting, you know, fired and released from his post. I think Ronnie Terry clearly earned the job last year based on winning the Big 12 uh, tournament and then taking this team to the Elite Eight. Now, the question mark was, could Texas have done more of an extensive search? Could Texas have went and got a better candidate? And if Rodney Terry was on the market and Texas was looking for a coach in normal circumstances based on what he did at Fresno State and UTEP, would Texas even consider Rodney Terry? And I think those are all very valid questions. But based on what he did last year, right, he earned the opportunity to at least prove whether he was the right coach or not with the contract extension or a contract and he got that right and i do not think (laughs) that this year thus far he has done himself any favors now i don't think it's fair that every time the texas basketball team loses people come out of the woodworks and say i told you so about rodney terry he doesn't deserve the job like like a basketball team is going to lose games, right? So I I don't think it's fair to come out after every single loss and say that I told you so about Rodney Terry. He's not the right coach for this job, right? Because then at that point, you're not even a Texas Longhorn fan to me, right? Like, because you're not supporting the team. Like, you're just hoping the team and Rodney Terry loses so you can get on Twitter or whatever platform and say, I told you so. That's not representative of a Longhorn fan. If you're a Longhorn fan, it should be all 100% support behind Rodney Terry. But that's another story. Now, what I will say is that There were legitimate question marks. On Ronnie Terry this year, in terms of him proving that he was the right coach and him having to go out and win at a high level. And they have not done that at all this year. I think they're currently 12 and 5, and two of those wins came on last minute buzzer beaters by Max Aceman. So really, they're close to a 10 and 7 basketball team and a team that should be 0 and 3 in conference play up until this point and is 0 and, t- 0 and 2 in conference play at home, losing to Texas Tech and then UCF last night. In terms of Ronnie Terry's outburst and telling the UCF players they need to win with class because they threw the horns down as a loser (laughs) you don't get to tell winners how to win right that's just period point blank like i understand what he was saying about class and um you know winning with respect and all that and all of that's true but as a loser (laughs) you don't get to tell winners how to win right i've heard on multiple occasions rodney terry saying that um You know, this is the University of Texas and people are going to give us their best shot and people want to beat the University of Texas and Texas means this and Texas means that. Okay, so then you have to understand when people beat Texas, they're going to show up and show out. I remember when Alabama beat Texas last year. In DKR, the players were running around screaming to the crowd, throwing up horns down. Like Nick Saban had to cuss him out. Like that's when people, that's what people do when they beat Texas. If you don't want to see that, then you have to hold on to a 15 point lead in the second half and make sure you beat UCF. If you want to teach other people how to win with respect and win with class, then guess what, Rodney? You have to go out there and win with respect and win with class. But losers don't get to tell winners how to win, losers don't get to write winner stories. So he was wrong for that period. I understand where he was coming from. I understand where his heart was, but he was an emotional after a loss and he was wrong, right? You don't get to coach to other teams, players, you coach your team's players and make sure they don't lose a 15 point lead. So like I said, based on what has happened this season, Rodney Terry is not making a strong case for himself in terms of being the long-term future head coach of this program. And I think there were already long-term questions about him before he even coached his first game this year, right? When you look at it, Texas has not beaten a team of quality all season. You matched up against Louisville. I guess that is a team of quality, but you beat them on a neutral site by a Max Aseman's game winner when they probably outplayed you the entire game. You got smoked by UConn. You got smoked by Shaka Smart and Marquette. You lost to Texas Tech at home. Cincinnati outplayed you all game, but Max Aceman's made a game winner and Dylan DeSue went for his career high then you come back the very next game and lose to UCF at home. And even though UCF is probably underrated, they just beat Kansas last week. That is not a game that this Texas basketball program should be losing at home. Right? So I do not think Rodney Terry should be fired this year. I do not think we should be discussing his job security after every game they lose. And I don't think he should be fired next year. Right? I think he should have the opportunity to coach that very good, you know, high school recruiting class that he has put together for 2024. But like I said, he is not doing himself any favors. And if I am the staff, the regime, and the administration at the University of Texas, I have to start wondering: okay, if this continues to look like this, how long of a leash do we give Rodney Terry? Because the team that we saw last year is non existent now. The magic. That We saw last year the chemistry cohesion the the what made this program special during that elite eight run is all gone and that was evidence last night blowing a 15 point lead at home when it felt like we couldn't even lose in the Moody Center last year unless it was to like Kansas or Baylor right. When you look at it all of the transfers that you have brought in right they have not given you what you've expected, right? Whether it's Ithiel Horton, uh, Caden Shedrick, or, you know, Kendall Weaver, Zarek Onyema, none of them have truly been plus players for the Longhorns this year. Dylan Mitchell has taken that next step in terms of offensive capability, but I don't think it's enough or has been enough to move the needle up until this point. Tyrese Hunter really over the last two years has just been a model of inconsistency, right? And since that Gonzaga game last year where he went crazy, we've been asking for more for two seasons from Tyrese Hunter. He really has not matched what he was able to do, which, you know, enticed the university of Texas to go get him in the first place throughout his freshman year at at Iowa State, right? Like, I just don't think he has been the same player since then. And then Dylan DeSue, who just came back, and Max Aseman's are your two best players. And too often, the offense comes down to, oh, okay, give it to Max Aseman's and let us let him bail us out at the end of the shot clock. Or give it to Dylan DeSue and let him bail us out at the end of the shot clock. And clearly, that's not a sustainable offense, (laughs) you know, or offensive philosophy in terms of winning. And Chris Beard built this team, and their mindset in terms of defense, right? Like they were going to hang their hat on defensive intensity. Rodney Terry came in last year and said, we are going to hang our hat on defensive intensity. This team doesn't have that same defensive want to. This team doesn't have that same defensive mentality. This team doesn't go out every game and say, we're going to suffocate our opponents on defense. If you did, you wouldn't have allowed a 15 point comeback in the second half last night, right? So like I said, what made this team special on offense, defense, coaching just overall last year? Is gone already, right? And that's an indictment on Rodney Terry. I love him to death, but that's an indictment on Rodney Terry and this coaching staff. And like I said, CDC and the powers above have to be looking at this situation seriously and saying how much of a leash do we give Rodney Terry? Because all of those people that said you should have done a more extensive coaching search, you should have looked for a bigger, better name coach with the or a better, bigger name coach with a better resume than what Rodney Terry had at the time he took this job are looking real right right now because this Texas basketball team in the span of what eight, nine months look completely different than the team that had us all rooting for them going to the elite eight last year. So hopefully they can pick it up later in the season. Hopefully they can gain some momentum and start to play their best basketball um, in the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. But based on what we've seen in the early part of the season, this Texas basketball team is really uh, they are not good on all cylinders right now. And if they continue to play like this, they're in danger of missing the NCAA tournament completely. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, really quick, I want to talk about DeAndre Robinson. A few days ago, I talked about the potential impact of losing Bo Davis or the impact that Texas has already felt in less than a week in terms of losing Bo Davis. Jamari Caldwell, a priority Texas target at the defensive tackle position uh, from the University of Houston, who was in the transfer portal, decided to go to Oregon just two days after Bo Davis went to LSU. Dominic McKinley, who was a priority target all, you know, See, really this whole 2024 cycle for the Texas Longhorns and was heavily considering Texas at one point decommitted from Texas A&M and went to LSU. And it's being reported that a big part of that pitch was that he was told that Bo Davis would be returning to LSU to be his defensive line coach. So you have to wonder if Dominic McKinley might've came to Texas, if Bo Davis stayed at Texas. And then the last piece, which we're talking about now is Deontay Robinson has officially, um, requested a release from his NLI and Texas has granted that release. And now it seems as though DeAndre Robinson will be staying in his home state to go to the University of Florida or joining Bo Davis at LSU. But what that leaves the University of Texas right now is a huge void at the defensive tackle position in terms of proven talent and and who's going to be those guys next year to try their hardest to replace what Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy gave us. And it continues to leave a huge void at the defensive tackle position. Now I have received some inside intel that there is a target (laughs) that they want to be the defensive line coach. It seems like there is mutual interest there, but he is currently coaching at the NFL level in the playoffs, right? So his mind is currently focused somewhere else, right? So, You know, maybe if you can do some research and do some deductive reasoning, you can figure out who the next defensive line coach of the University of Texas will be. But nonetheless, he is currently occupied. (laughs) He is not recruiting for the University of Texas. And that is a position we have a hole at right now. Right. And like I said, Texas has felt the impact of losing Bo Davis over the last week. So, you know, I live in Houston. My Cowboys are out of it. I'm not a hater. I hope the Texans go, you know, do uh, great things. I hope they even go to win the Super Bowl. Right. That just gives me a day off of work and a parade to go to. Right. But I do think that in the interim, right, as long as we do not have a defensive line coach in place working in the actual job, then we are losing opportunities to reload the defensive tackle position. Now, you can say there's going to be another window after spring ball and maybe Texas can aggressively attack their knees there. And based on what the staff has been able to do the last three years in the portal and the high school ranks, I have all the faith in the world that they are going to be comfortable with who they go into the season with at that defensive tackle position. But you'd be hard-pressed to say that even though we think eventually Texas will be fine, that the departure of Bo Davis has not been a huge black hole. Black hole might be like a little too far, right? But that has been a huge loss for Texas in the span of a week because players like Jamari Caldwell, Dominic McKinley, and DeAndre Robinson could all be at the 40 acres right now if we retain Bo Davis. And now it seems as though that all three of those players will be claiming – All three of those players will be playing college football for different destinations in 2024. So it does seem like Texas has locked on to a defensive line coach. The problem is that defensive line coach is not currently working or recruiting for the University of Texas. And at least at the defensive line position, we've recruited amazing everywhere. Right. But at least at the defensive line position, looks like we have some legit question marks going into the 2024 season that hopefully we can address in the portal either now or in the second window. After spring ball. But best of luck to DeAndre Robinson. He's making the you know decision that's best for him. I completely understand. He wanted to come play for Bo Davis. There's no Bo Davis at the University of Texas now. And DeAndre Robinson will be playing his college football elsewhere. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every